One of the things that I look forward to every Ash Wednesday is the practice that we started at the cathedral a few years ago called Ashes to Go. As in previous years, I joined with your deacon, Myra Kingsley, this morning to offer to place ashes on the heads of people on their way to work at the light rail station right across the street. In other locations this morning, other clergy of the diocese were doing exactly the same thing. As is always the case, many people shared with me their appreciation for our bringing the church to them, and they told me stories of how they were looking for God in their lives, but just couldn't, for one reason or another, find their way into church. Some of you will remember the writer and historian Diana Butler Bass, who preached here at the cathedral a few years back. In her book, Christianity After Religion, she presents evidence that all organized religions in this country have lost membership in the past decade, a time that she calls the worst decade for religious groups in the history of the United States. Her thesis is that fewer and fewer people are going to come through the doors of our churches, but that does not mean that they are not spiritually hungry. That is why all of us have friends who will gladly tell us, I'm spiritual but not religious. Christianity, she says, will remain vital, for there's plenty of faith out there, but we who call ourselves Christians are going to have to find new ways of sharing our faith with others outside the walls of the church. And she cites the growing practice of ashes to go as an example of doing just that. My sense is that Ashes to Go is not only a great way of taking the gospel message into the streets, but it's also a powerful expression of the meaning of this day. In his letter to the Corinthians, which we just heard read this morning, Paul reminds us that just as Jesus' ministry was that of reconciling all people to God, so is our ministry as his followers a ministry of reconciliation of bringing those around us into right relationship with their Creator and with one another. And we do that not by preaching to people or browbeating them into our way of thinking. We do so by modeling to them our own faith in the face of our brokenness. Look at that list of weaknesses that Paul mentions. We are treated as phonies. Yet what we say is true. We are unknowns, but well known for our witness. We're dying physically and yet alive spiritually. We are sorrowful for the world, but rejoice in our hope for the future. Punished, but not killed. Poor, but enriching those around us. We look like we have nothing, and yet because of God's grace, we possess everything. In a way, our ashes are a sign of our brokenness, and yet at the same time, a sign of our triumph and of our salvation. 
In my travels around the diocese this past year, I've been talking a lot about the early church and asking the question, why did the early church grow so rapidly? Well, all churches today are in decline. And the answer is that people were attracted to the church, not so much by what people were saying in the church, but by the way that they were living their lives. They were practicing what they preached. Let me give you just a little story about that. Some of you might remember the fellow that we had worked for the diocese a while back, Matt Marino, who was our canon for youth. And Matt grew up in a family that was hostile to the church. They made fun of it. No thinking person could be a Christian, they, they told him. And so by the time he got to high school, he, he didn't know anything about Christianity. He had never even been inside, been inside of a church. And yet he was on the basketball team. And there were about five guys on the basketball team that he noticed were different than everybody else. They didn't talk back to the coach. They were respectful to the girls. They did what they were told to do. They looked out for one another. And finally, he had got up enough nerve to say to one of his teammates, what is with you guys? You don't act like everybody else. And he said, this, this fellow on his team said, that's because we're Christians. And Matt said it was like a little light went off in his head, and he blurted out, he said, I want some of that. I want some of that in my life. And that was the beginning of his conversion experience, and he went on to be baptized, to become an active member of the church, and, and actually a priest of the church, and he now has a church in Florida. That's what Paul calls us to do, to model our faith, not by what we're saying, but by what we're doing. We were speculating this morning before we came out why it is that a lot of people come to church on Ash Wednesday. In fact, a friend of mine said in New York City, Ash Wednesday, church attendance is higher than any other day of the year. Why is it that people come then and not the rest of the time? And my theory is a lot of the time people see people in church as, as thinking that they've got it all together spiritually. You know, we're happy people, we're right with God, we have, all, we have everything worked out in our lives. And they come to church and they, they see people uh, saying to one another, good morning, how are you? I've, I'm, I'm perfect, thank you very much. And maybe on Ash Wednesday, people can come to church and say, you know, everybody in church, we're broken just like everybody else. But at the same time, we have a message of hope to proclaim. That, I think, is kind of the message of Ash Wednesday. Those people who Myra and I met this morning ask us for ashes. They ask us not because we were holier than they were, but because we met them exactly where they were, hassled on the way to work. We were wearing ashes on our foreheads instead of wrapping ourselves in self-righteousness. This is a ministry open to all of us. All of us are broken. All of us are burned out. All of us are fallible and weak. We all know ashes only too well. But in spite of those failings and faults, or because of those failings and faults, we also witness to the power of God as wounded healers, not offering a quick fix to the problems of life, but 
offering the presence of God who has promised to be with us in all of our brokenness. Ash Wednesday is a time for focusing on our brokenness, for recounting our sins, but it's also a time of sharing a message with the world that God cares about all of us and all of them. He cares about us just as they are, just as we are, bringing our own ashes into their midst to stand with them as God stood with us in Christ Jesus. So even, today, oh, even though today might be a day for us to receive ashes, it's also a time for us to give of ourselves, to witness by our words and actions the saving news of the gospel. One of the great writers of the early church, Tertullian, said back in the third century, Christians don't say, read this or believe this. Christians say, watch this. Watch us at work in the world. Watch us. See how we live. See what we do. Broken ourselves, we walk with others in their pain. We have ashes on our foreheads, and yet we proclaim new life.